Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Fashion School Dropout. I am so excited for today's guest to bless us with her experience and expertise. She's not only a stylist, but a designer, a costume designer, and she has worked with and under some of the greats of the fashion industry, such as Mr. Gianni Versace. So we're going to get into all of that and more. So welcome, Yvette, to the podcast. I'm so excited to speak with you today. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So as I just mentioned, you've worked in the industry doing so many great things, styling, designing, costume designing. How did you get your start in the industry? What was your initial foot in the door of fashion? Well, um, I started with my grandmother. Um, She was a um, designer, a seamstress, and a costumer back in London with her sister. And um, when I was growing up, uh, she used to take me to all the high-end department stores. And um, we used to have lunch there. And she used to show me what fashion was. Like a woman would walk by, that's an A-line skirt. This is how a dress should fall. And this is how you should wear this and that. And then we would go to the fashion uh, market and buy fabric and come home and sew. Um, and every weekend I would watch the fashion shows and just be amazed about one day I want to go to Paris and and work with those designers. Um, and then Fashion Week started uh, by a lady named Fern Malice. She started um, what they called Mercedes-Benz Fashion Week. It was then 746 um, in the Bryant Park shows that started in New York and then branched out to... Uh, London, they had a little spiel in LA for a little while. Um, and then, you know, it's all over, it's all over the world. And, um, everyone can thank for malice for that. (laughs) Absolutely. Uh, yeah. And so I used to sneak into the shows (laughs) because I thought I was fabulous all the time and I dressed the part. No one ever asked me, well, do you belong on this list? Do you work for this magazine and do you work for that? I just showed up, fly as ever, and I got in. And I didn't sit in the back. I sat in the front. And I was always at a show and always at everywhere that was hot. And so um, that's how I got started. And someone saw me sneaking in one day and was like, girl, I know you don't belong here. <laughs> and so she, she was like, I see you here all the time. You always in these shows. Like, what do you do? And then she said, you should come work for us. And she happened to be Fern Malice's, um, I guess, VP or I don't know what position she was. But um, she took me on and, and hired me. And they used to send me out to work with designers that was getting ready for Fashion Week. And so, um, you know, that time I went to go work with Versace and a whole lot of other designers um, that was hot at the time. Wow. I love how you just said casually, I've worked with Versace. Like, let's get into that. Okay, we met on this new app called Clubhouse. And when I heard you say that you worked under Mr. Versace, my ears just perked up. And I was like, oh my God, that's one of my favorite designers of all time. So, okay, let's break this down. How did you get that opportunity? What did you do with Mr. Versace? I know that you were working for him 
at the time of his tragic death. So let, let's get into all of that. Like, what was that moment like? I can't even imagine. So please elaborate. Well, um, to be honest, I worked with a lot of designers during that time. And during that time, um, when it's fashion week, it's, uh, it's weeks before the show, but there's a lot of preparation that goes into the show, fitting models and, you know, um, doing last minute changes, buttons and stuff like that, um, that a designer may need a new designer or an old designer or whatever. And so at 7.6, they sent, I think it was six of us that got chosen to go work with, um, with him. And at the time I was working with a hot designer named John Bartlett. Um, so I was splitting up my time between them and him. But when they said Versace, I'm like, oh, yeah, I want to go over there. And so, so I gave up my time, my daytime, and then I would go in the afternoon and go work at the John Bartlett um, showroom. And so when we got there, um, he wasn't there the first day, but, like, his staff was, like, really so nice and kind of, like, set us up and stuff and, and said what the collection was about. So they didn't just say, hey, you're going to go work here and sew these buttons on. They introduce you to what the collection is going to be about and what the look and the feel and what our positions were going to be to help. And then the next day he came and we sat for lunch and we all um, talked about what the collection was going to be like. And what I liked about him the most, he was, first of all, he was soft-spoken, very nice, and he didn't treat anyone like they would just like to help. He treated everybody like we were all on the team and we were here to get something done. And so that's what the first day of working with him was like. And at first weekend, we had a weekend off and he went to Miami, I think, for the weekend. And then they found out that he hated gay men. And so when I found out, it was like... Mm, I think I was going shopping in the fashion district for something and someone told me to get to the office quick. And so that's when we found out. It was like sat, in the, sat at the table and, and was told, all of us. And it was like a really somber day. Uh, but And then we all had to keep working. Like they had to decide whether they're going to still put on the show or not put on the show or keep working. And so we found out what was going to happen. We just kept working at the showroom oh and then um they did like a huge tribute and like they gave us all like this special book of him um which we all like only like i think they only gave it to like certain people in the industry like i think it was like maybe a hundred of books that was given out um of people who were close to him and people who worked with him it was like a big tribute to him because he really had a big contribution to fashion, especially in New York. Wow. Um, but it was like a really tough, tough week because we were all excited about working with him and getting all this stuff done. I actually have a, a coat from that last collection. I still have it. Um, so it's just really hard talking about it now. <laughs> I'm like thinking about it then. I'm like, I didn't even think about it then. But think about it now. It's like, it was a, it was a, it was a tough time during fashion. It was like the lights dimmed. Right. You know, like, you know, you're going into, I don't know if you've ever been in New York during the fall or whatever, but um, if you're every, anywhere during the four seasons and then when it starts to get winter, you get that gray kind of cloud every day that you go out. 
that's what it kind of felt like. Like, oh, the industry just stopped for a moment. The music stopped, everything stopped. Yeah. That's what it felt like. Wow. I I can't even imagine the emotions of that day and the somberness. The only thing, well, two things I can relate that to um, in recent times is the day Michael Jackson died and the day Kobe died. I, those are moments where you will always remember where you were, where you heard the news. And that reminded me of um, the day Kobe died because I was at brunch when I heard the news on Twitter. Um, no, actually, my mom had texted me. Then I checked, you know, go fact check on Twitter. Um, and then I drove back home and it was a cloudy, just gray day. And mind you, I live in L.A. So, mm-hmm. so that was just just an overall strange feeling. So, wow. I can, I, I can relate to that as well, because it always seems to be like when a celebrity dies, I'm shopping. So when Whitney died, my sister called, and my sister always calls me with the news. <laughs> so it's like, my sister called me when Whitney died. And, and I'm in the store trying to get myself that, that side. They said, well, five minutes to call me. So she's calling me and I'm like, what are you calling? Me? I'm trying to get on the line. I gotta get a credit card out. And she's like, but Whitney died. I'm like, well, who are you talking Who's Whitney? Who's Whitney? <laughs> Because I'm in my life. So she's like, Whitney Houston, she died. I'm like, what are you talking about? Time, I don't need to hear this right now. She did not die. Like, come on. Like, you know, I just didn't want to believe that at that moment. Like, you're hitting me and I need to, I need a moment. <laughs> so, and then uh, when Kobe died, I was in Target shopping. Oh, Lord. And here she goes <laughs> calling me. And she's like, did you hear the news? This is just ridiculous. And I'm like, what's ridiculous? And she's like, they're saying Kobe died. I'm like, please, Kobe? Like, what are you talking about? And and I actually hung up on her because I was like, I'm busy right now doing something and she's calling me with this crap. And I'm like, because in a million gazillion years, you would not think Kobe at all at all like that was just unexpected news ever i thought she was just corona pranking me you know like because we've been so bored from you know all this stuff going on i don't know maybe she was just you know and we were at the beginning of corona where in new york they was getting ready to shut down they didn't know if they were shutting down and you know people weren't wearing masks then Mm -hmm. we were told about it but we weren't told about it so i didn't know what she was calling me about really so i didn't really believe anything she was saying so when when it became a reality i saw people in the store crying Mm. and i'm like okay this might be real i better go to twitter to see if it's real and so then I, i went to twitter and it was actually will man so so, so yeah sad. definitely it's 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 sad because you feel especially in the fashion industry as we work in the industry we feel so close to these designers but not close right. um and uh when someone dies in the fashion industry it's almost like well damn like do you feel like you are a family to that because you're invested in their brand and you're invested in them. Um, whatever brand you follow, it could be in any brand. Like, you know, like someone was telling me that Kenzo died. I'm like, wait a minute, he died back in 
October, like, yeah. but people are still affected by that and, you know, so forth and so on. And anyone who contributed to fashion, you feel that a little bit harder than you feel like a, a musician to me. If you're in the fashion industry, you know. Yeah. And it's so personal too, because, you know, our relationship with fashion is just so different and other people they can't relate they're like oh it's a fashion designer but like you said it feels like a you know like your cousin like a family member because you don't you know you don't really see them but you keep up with what they're doing kind of like you know our family members on facebook that we don't really talk to that often but you know you right know exactly up to so right like carl lagerfeld he i was his biggest fan and I loved him, like, when, even when he was big, and I don't think anyone remembers this, because I'm, I'm really dating myself right now, <laughs> um, but the way that he spoke about fashion really kind of, and the way that they presented fashion at Fashion Week, and every Saturday they showed it on TV, um, really, if you were a fashion head, that's what gave me the drive to go down there. Like, I'm getting this show. I got to see what's going on and I got to be where it's happening because he used to walk around with his fan and he used to uh, talk about the dresses that are coming down the runway and it was exciting to hear how he explained how he came up with the design and the vision behind that and how he manipulated the fabric um, to bring it out on the runway and so that was exciting and then you had that black um designer really where i absolutely loved the both of them so when carl lagerfeld died i feel like that was like oh, oh my god no <laughs> like you know that was the worst i think for me uh, yeah yeah i also remember like, that yeah. morning too um, I saw it on Instagram. I saw Olivier from Balmain post and I was just like, oh, maybe he's, you know, mm -hmm. just giving, the, um, giving him props or saying he inspired the latest collection or something. Then I started scrolling and everybody's posting Carl and I was like, oh no. Right. Yeah. And I had like a chance to meet him, like, I think maybe three different times I was in the same room, but not in the, like in the vicinity, but like, they had all these people around them and like I was, I was being, someone was talking to me over there and then I never got a chance to get over there. So it was like three times that happened within my life in fashion. So I was never able to uh, actually uh, meet and talk with him. Cause when I used to sneak in the shows, I don't just go to the show. I go to the back, I speak to the designer, I introduce myself and I'm there, I'm there, I'm present, I'm there. And so people know me. And so that's when, um, you know, I was hoping one day I'd meet him. And then I think one time he had like a big show, um, a big thing where he was opening the stores in New York. I was going to meet him then. And then someone got my attention and I, and he just whisked away. And I was like, oh God, that's like the third time I tried to meet him. Uh, so close, so close. Yeah. Yeah, but I know you'll always have those memories forever, um, which actually leads me to my next question, because I'm just in awe and admiration of your guts, because I, I, I have way too much anxiety. Like, I would be looking around, looking all nervous, like people could tell I'm not supposed to be there. <laughs> so, <laughs> I would 
really telling myself. A lot of people tell me that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so I'm just imagining and uh, just thinking back to those days of Bryant Park and when Fashion Week was at its in its heyday. I I wish you know I'm a little a little um new to the industry and I'm a little younger, so I heard about these things you know, after the fact. And Mm -hmm. I just wish I was a part of those moments. And I want to ask you, like, we remember those days. What do you think in this post-corona world that fashion shows and fashion week, what do you think those are going to look like? Because I'm going to just say it, I'm over virtual events. And it's only been a couple months. I'm over it. I'm not about to be sitting here for five hours. Like, no. So, what do you think? Right, right. Like, well, I think a lot of it is, um, you you know, fashion is changing anyway. It always is changing. It's always being innovative. It's always moving forward. So we always have to think about that. And so, what's the new thing? And what's the the end thing um and you think about technology and fashion that's that's going hand to hand more it's more and more we go forward so i think in terms of the fashion shows i think they will be back but i think that we're going to rethink about how we do that and how we include um more diversity um in fashion and and opening the doors to people with um you know with all that that's happened even before coronavirus with George Floyd and um, and the movement of Black Lives Matter and all of that kind of stuff, they really get opening the doors for us to have a little bit of change in fashion. So that's happening already. I see it in the offices that I work in. I see it in the um, in the way that uh, I'm approached now differently uh, with working with. Uh, the people that I work with now, and I, um, I see the change. So even when Fashion Week comes back around, I, I think that you're going to see a lot of change. You're going to see it's going to still be the same way it used to be at Rika Center, you know, going to the shows. But I think it's, it's going to you're going to see a change. Yes, and I mean honestly, I got to give the designers their props for just being able to pivot and even though I'm not really trying to look at my screen all day, they have produced some great quality um, shows and content that we can look at from our own living room. So props to the designers and other fashion creatives out here really doing their thing and still, you know, giving us looks and something to um, really aspire to like aspirational images and still creating that fantasy that is fashion, even right with the circumstances. Yeah. And I think that's important because you don't want to stifle the mind. And as a designer, you don't want to just stifle the mind and um, not do anything while we're on this downtime. I think we all can take opportunity in this downtime and either hone in on our skills that we haven't been having the time to focus in on, or um, like you just said, like them being very innovative on how they're presenting fashion online to us. Um, yeah, it's boring because you want to see and touch and feel people and be there. <laughs> but 
I think it's time for. Um, I think it's gonna be. A, it's gonna be a huge shift once it gets back in order, and then we get back to um, going to the shows again. Uh, yes, I cannot wait. Last question. I want to know what you had so many great experiences, and I'm over here. I know you can't see me, but I'm smiling from cheek to cheek because I'm just <laughs> like, wow, Yvette is so cool, and. I just wish I could have had half of the experiences that you've had. So what is your advice for people who want to work in fashion, whether they're a stylist, a designer, um, they work behind the scenes at fashion shows? Like, what is your advice and something that you wish you knew before getting into the industry? What I wish I knew before I got in the industry is how to be more um, aware of like accounting and rates and how, how to do the business side more of. When I first got in, I just got in and I was like, okay, when am I getting paid? It's like, well, did you give me an invoice? <laughs> so I, didn't, I knew nothing about that. And a lot of stylists didn't want to show me how to do that part. Um, so I wish I, I knew that before coming in. Um, but I'm better at it now. Well, I'm, I'm really good at it now. But, uh, <laughs> You're like, nope, I miss nope, it. No nope. invoices. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, yes. And so those are the things I wish I knew. Everything else is, you know, God gives that to you and you have to be able to apply that. And, and, and in, this, in the fashion world, you can't be scared and you have to have thick skin. Mm. And so, uh, you know, that, that's one thing I wish I knew more about the finance and business. And I love that you say that because I always say like, no one can teach you how to be a stylist. Like you, you either have it in you or you don't. What you need to know is how to run a business because at the end of the day, fashion is a business. So you need to know right. how to you know create the invoice. And I'm with you, I'm in that same boat because when I was assisting a stylist and I got my first paid opportunity, she was like, oh yeah, go ahead and send me your invoice. And I was like, oh, what? Like, I went right. to fashion school. Like I, know, right, like, I learned how to sew, I learned how to draw. I don't know nothing about no invoices. So I'm literally Googling it and I, I um, searched and I clicked on the first result that said invoice generator and, mm -hmm. <laughs> and I just sent her that but you know these are the things we actually need to be learning in fashion schools I believe so that curriculum needs to be updated more so um, because not everybody wants to work for you know, a corporate structure. A lot of people are now starting their own brands. And like you said, we're in this time where we have um, more free time to focus on those passions that we've been putting off because we've been busy with work and projects and travel or, you know, whatever it might right. be. So yeah, the business is definitely crucial to last in this industry. Right. And what I would say to your second question with um, what advice would I give someone who's trying to get into the industry or be a stylist? First off, being a stylist or a designer, the first thing I would say is to assist someone. Um, and because we have a lot, a lot of downtime, find out who is the, is, to me, I mean, I learned this from my grandma. She says, never work from the bottom, work from the top. So, Whoever that stylist is that is at the top, contact that person. Mm. And don't be afraid to do that. <laughs> so, um, 
and a system. And then the most important thing I would say, Rich, is to get in this industry, you're going to have to assist someone. So you're going to have to be able to be a great assistant. And that starts with, number one, being on time. Um, number two, minding your business. That should actually be number one. <laughs> the most important thing you have to do is mind the business. In fashion, mind your business. Don't gossip. You know, just be very observant because you're there to learn and soak in. And so it's, it's best to just really be a really great assistant to the designer or to the, um, to the stylist. And I would say, if you're going to be a designer, assist the stylist. If you want to be a stylist, you know, vice versa, you know, um, try to work in both sides because you need to understand both sides um, to be great at whichever side you're trying to be great at. And um, I would start from there. And um, don't be afraid to call some of these stylists. A lot of times it's downtime now. And um, if one doesn't answer you, say, well, I'm not giving answers, go to the next one. Because there's many people that are stylists out there. Not all of them are great, but some of them have great, um, you know, uh, they can answer a lot of great questions for you. Uh, some of them are not at the top of the game because of, you know, diversity issues, you know. But that doesn't mean that they don't have the experience and they can't teach you something. Um, so I definitely would reach out to a lot of stylists and try to assist them. And now's the time to do it. Call agencies, find out what agencies they're signed up with and get on an assistant list. Um, you can do that faster than you can assist a designer. Um, and sometimes you'll meet those designers by working with the stylist. Those are all mm -hmm. such great gems of advice. Thank you so, so much for sharing your insights and amazing experiences. Um, when this is over, I definitely want to come over to Brooklyn and see that Versace, <laughs> that Versace booklet and just, you know, just soak up more of your knowledge. I'll Other send you a picture of it. Yes, please do. Please do. So if people want to get in touch with you after this, or if are you open to answering any more questions, how can people reach you? They can reach me. You could DM me on, um, on Instagram at stylishlyyvette. And I'll, I'll answer anyone. Perfect. Yeah, and I'll add that to the description. So um, if you're listening, you could just go ahead and click through and get in contact with Yvette. She has a lot of great knowledge. Thank you so much again. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please be sure to leave a review and make sure you subscribe so you don't miss another. Thank you for listening.